DraftSociety.com presents a Premier League Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. What is going on, Draft Heads? Welcome back to the Key Pass Collective. I'm Joe Williams. I'll be your host here for this special podcast series that we're going to be doing on the various different positional breakdowns for your draft fantasy game. First, let's remind you the Key Pass Collective uh, is the audio companion to the draftsociety.com. We are a draft fantasy football podcast and site. Uh, and basically we've got everything you need in order to dominate, absolutely dominate your leagues, um, during the season, whether it is weekly player projections, whether it is a fixture difficulty tracker, whether it is trade advice, uh, articles on sleepers, waiver wire pickups to get you fully ready to win that matchup, win that game week. We've got that, but preseason right now we are focusing on draft prep. We are focusing on getting you ready to have the absolute best draft that you possibly can. So what does this mean? We are making rankings, team previews, cheat sheets, uh, predicted 11s, very, very in-depth analysis articles, uh, talking through the various strategic elements of this draft game. Fixture difficulty tracker for the early uh, series of of in-season fixtures. So you can kind of prep yourself depending on if you want to maybe attack the season to to really get a good start and then maybe trade off some players. Um, there's a lot of strategy that goes into these things. Anyway, we've got it all there for you. Plus player projections. Articles are dropping daily on our draft kit. It is the largest draft kit that this game, the Draft Premier League game, has ever seen. Uh, so if you'd like full access to that, $15.00. $60 will get you full access to the draft kit and the inner circle membership for the entire season. So all of our exclusive, everything that we make, whether it is like the aforementioned uh, trade advice, um, ghost point tracker, set piece taker trackers, all of it. You get all of that for the entire season. If you don't want to do that, there are some free things on there as well. Check out the draft kit. We've got some uh, top 75 rankings and positional rankings completely for free, as well as a few articles on there that are free as well. Plus, uh, we're free. Anytime you want on Twitter, hit us up, send us a, a little message, add us on Twitter, start a conversation on there. We're happy to jump in there and give you some advice on drafts or or whatever it is. Happy to get on there and uh, and just chat chat this game that we that we all know and love. Okay. Let's talk about this pod series. So this is going to be a series of three episodes. And what we're going to be doing is breaking down, not all of, but many of the 22-23 season draft assets by position. So for each episode in this series, um, we want to make sure that you've got a handle on the elite assets of that sort of positional breakdown. We want to make sure that you're understanding how to kind of properly rank those really tricky sort of mid-draft assets. You know, whether it's the fourth round, the sixth round, the eighth round, 
those are those can be really tricky to try to to figure out what the exact value of those players is. So our goal is to kind of help you help talk you through some of of those assets, those those mid round guys that can be, like I said, kind of tricky to to really put a value on. So we'll talk through some of those, um, and then finally, once we get to the late rounds in the draft, you know, I mean, it's a lot of times it's a dart throw. Um, so it, we're gonna give you our favorite dart throws, if you will, um, and then make a case for why maybe they're not just a dart throw, why uh, there's some sneaky value late in the draft with some of these sleepers or potentially hidden gems that we'll hope to point out to you. Um, Finally, before we sign off, we're going to end with some players that we think maybe are being overvalued or overrated or overhyped, if you will. Um, bottom line is we think the ADP or the average draft position is too high for uh, that particular player. And then we'll go ahead and sign off. We're going to try to keep these ones relatively short. And um, and yeah, the, the format is going to be the same for all three. So whether it's defenders, midfielders, or forwards, you're going to hear a lot of the same things uh, when the, the podcast begins, and then we'll attack it the same way, but obviously the content therein should be um, valuable, should be gold. So yeah, we'll, we'll do top tier, we'll do mid tier, and then we'll do late round drafts. A reminder as you are listening, if you can, to pull up our rankings on thedraftsociety.com so you can follow along and see where we've got different guys ranked. We can try to explain it as much as we can, but it's helpful to have a visual on that. Uh, so if you, if you do um, if you do want to head over to the website, check it out. Uh, aesthetically, we think it's pleasing. Uh, but regardless, there's some really good information on there. So pull up our rankings if you can and follow along uh, because we'll be trying to hit these pretty pretty quick. Uh, so we just want to make sure that people do have the ability to sort of know where we're at, what we're talking about, and follow along as we go through these. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. This is your midfielder preview. I am joined by Ryan, by Robbie, by Toddy from thedraftsociety.com, and we are here to chat midfielders. Let's not even dwell on it. Let's just jump right in. So we are going to start with your premium assets, your premium assets for midfielders. So for midfielders, there's a lot of these, actually. Uh, this goes everywhere, anywhere from consensus rank number two all the way down to number 24, and th- this is a shorter list. I'll read these quick. We've got KDB, Madison, Fernandez, Saka, Mount, St. Max, JWP, Jared Bowen, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, and Kulusevsky. I kind of tried to cut it off before we got to the top 25. So Kulusevsky rounds it out at your number 24 overall pick. So, Toddy, let's start with you. Premium assets, are there any that you want to key in on here? Okay, I'll, I'll take the City city Boys as okay. a whole. Um for KDB, obviously, there's not much uh, to to not much new to give. Um, I think just the best, him. yeah, just draft him. The best um, <laughs> indication of of how I value him is that I have been going back and forth in actually putting him number one. Um, he had he has missed one st- one game. Uh, since since he started in mid November um, for City last season, and and he had he had, he was monumental in that run. Um, 
obviously we know he's good. I think there's a lot of concerns about about World Cup and whatever. But yeah. I think we've seen we've seen with Pep that um, there is this very um, strange um, way of of valuing players whereas we know that there is Pep Roulette, but we also know that he will run some of his players into the ground and mm. I think KDB is one that he would run to the ground if it weren't for the injuries so I'm I'm saying even if even if he gets some injuries he will still have 90% quality starts or above 90% quality starts and um, amazing war. So don't hesitate to take him one or two. I And I wouldn't, I wouldn't hit you if you took him one. So that's one. Um, Grealish and Foden make uh, up the city boys in the top tier. And uh, although I've read and reread Luke's um, article on players we shouldn't sleep on, um, <laughs> mentioning Grealish. My main argument uh, to be a bit lower on Grealish than Foden would be that um, I just I just think that um, at some point in the season there will be some off-field issues that will have Pep. Um, very very angry at Grealish and I see that as less of a case for Foden um, and I think Foden will start more games and and possibly perform better I do think, I do know that Ryan has been burnt by Foden this season or this past season and yeah. I get that and <laughs> I will and I, and I, I do keep that in mind in my evaluation of him I just think that um, we've been we've been touting the breakout season for Foden for for two seasons now, and I think this is this is the one. <laughs> so <laughs> why not that. a third? <laughs> exactly. I love that. Exactly. Ever the optimist, my friend. Now, Tati, I got to ask you real quick: if if Grealish falls to you in the third, is that value for you? <sighs> Depends on where. If it's okay. the end, if it's the end of the third, that's value. If it's the beginning of the third, I'd still much rather take uh, someone like Odegaard. Hmm. Okay, interesting. What about Sancho? Probably, but that's close. Okay. All right. Interesting. I like that. He just for reference, his his current uh, ADP average draft position, listeners. Um, is 28.4. So he is early third. Uh, I'd love him there. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested, Totty. You've got him at 18 in your ranks. Is there anything particularly that's... Um, made He's a self-hating him? Grealish lover. That's why. I've, I've actually... I've yeah, actually, he's self-loathing there. <laughs> I've, I've ranked him in our first consensus ranks uh, high because of um, Sterling leaving ah. and um, I've readjusted that to say 24th okay, sure. um, yeah. for for my um, uh, second second iteration of our ranks and mm. I think that's that's like about where 
where I like him. I like Odegaard better at 19. Um, I like wow. Grealish at 24. So for me, Grealish, Silva, uh, Bowen, and Gulusevski are around are around the same place. Hmm. Beginning okay. of the second or beginning of the third um, round. Obviously, I'm I'm taking him there if he's he is the highest ranked player I have, but he is definitely huge value at the end of the third. That's what I meant. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I'd agree with that. Okay. I like it. Ryan, how about uh, your thoughts on some premium assets here? Um, Probably not a surprise, but I wanted to talk about Sokka. Um, <laughs> I've never actually rostered him, so it's it's uh, interesting. So you got to change that. This is the yeah. year. I don't know, man. I just don't know. I don't think... Either of my spots is conducive to getting Sokka, but we'll see. Oh, are you at the beginning um, of the draft? Um, two in one and then ninth in the other. Um, uh, maybe the ninth. If he fell to me at 16, I would absolutely no bite way. your hand off. No way. Slap your way to the bank. Yeah, yeah no way. He's, I don't, he's falling to you. I don't see it, but okay. the reason, the real reason I wanted to mention him is I've seen him fall a little bit um, given some of the the movement so wanted to put in a, a pitch for him uh, at least late first round um around 11 12 um he was eighth top scorer last season uh with no actual striker to feed <laughs> right, he's, right. If, if he starts cooking with with uh with jesus um he could be building on those on those numbers um it's going to be he's going to be a really intriguing player to watch this season because he'll either do that just really click with Jesus and they'll they'll play off each other really well or he'll be a victim of of what I've called uh, Jack Realist syndrome um, in which you stop being the the focal point um, in a worse team and you just become a really good player in a, sure. in a better team. Sure. Um, so think about Grealish at Villa versus Grealish at, at City. Um, last season, of course, everything went through Saka. With Jesus and some other upgrades, is that going to continue? Um, is he still going to be on set pieces and penalties? Um, I th- tend to think that that he uh, he still will be a, such a, a valuable asset. But those are the the only concerns I think that would possibly drop him a little bit further but yeah if he starts falling to you in the second round then yeah certainly snap him up um, not to give you any hope whatsoever but his current adp 16.11 Ooh. <laughs> yeah it was it it was around like 12 and most of the mocks i saw him taken probably in the light the, i'm the sure your league is going to take him sooner than that I would assume so, but yeah, you never know. It only takes like one or two weirdos um, <laughs> in the so true in the round to just like set everything back a few picks, you know. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, we'll we'll see. But um, <laughs> other player I wanted to quickly mention is is ASM. I think he's a bit inflated uh, this season. Um, he had a great season last season, but I just don't see how he stays as healthy as he did last season. Mm. Um, plus I just, I just think it's too early for him. Um, what's his, what's his ADP? I, th- I think I saw it was like so, 14 or something. So this is interesting. Um, we have him ranked at 14. His ADP is actually a much more, uh, reasonable 23.5. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, 
never mind. Yeah, I that, think that's more. That makes more, sense. I think that's more where he's at, isn't it? Um, I just the last couple of seasons he's not got over twelve points per start, so I don't yeah. see how he's going to improve that much more. Um, I know Newcastle will be getting better, so maybe more returns. But um, yeah, there's so many other assets around. I mean, we've got him at fourteen, I think. Um, I, I've got personally, I have him at twenty-one, and I think by the end of the second round, that's when you start to look at him. Yeah. Um, but but before that, there's so many so many guys that have you know much bigger potential. Um, and but if you offer me if you offer me ASM at the end of the second round, I'm absolutely taking you up on that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking t- two in that one league, and I just if he fell to me at uh, in the second late second round there, I'd be like. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it, but I wouldn't be thrilled for some. First, I just have a bad feeling about him this season. Hmm. But okay. uh, he might be he might be doing the reverse Grealish as well. Um, used to be the the main <laughs> guy, but now they're getting better. <laughs> Everything's riffing off of Jack Grealish. Clearly, you've been way. hurt. We understand. Yeah, we yeah, understand. No. Yeah, not obsessed so at all. <laughs> no, not at all. I've I've completely gotten through it. The therapist says I've, I'm really making amends. Totally normal. Um, so yeah, those are my two. Cool. All right. Anyone, uh, anything to add on those? No. Okay. Robbie, hit us. Yeah, so uh, I thought I'd um, bring up um, someone who's been dividing opinion um, amongst, uh, (laughs) well, yeah, basically Genie against uh, um, Ryan and I mostly, but um, this is uh, Mason Mount. (laughs) This is Mason Mount, of course. Yeah. yeah, I think um, I mean Genie's put his uh, his arguments forward, you know, against against him, if you will. But I think when you look at his um, stats from last year, he he obviously he started less. But I mean, I think a lot of that was to do with the I mean the amount of games that Chelsea played. I mean, they had as many games as Liverpool it was like sixty three because the Club World Cup, right, um, etc. And I think you know that saw more rotation. Um, but actually, he he bumped up his points per start from thirteen to fourteen. So, and part part of the reason for that is he's basically being relied upon more as a as an attacker in that front three. So, his he he's he's basically always being um, you know more advanced and looking to progress the ball from those positions and also actually receive the ball in more attacking positions he's he's doing less of the sort of the dirty work in midfield that he maybe would have done under Lampard hmm. and, and you can see that actually with his his ghost points were down by um, from 10.8 to 8.3 um, which is quite quite a big ju- you know quite a big drop sure um, but actually his um, the number of goals and assists he got doubled. Um, and that's reflected in his XG and XA as well. So you, you sort of feel that he's, a, you know, it makes him a bit more boom and bust. But but actually, and, and one of the things that um, has been uh, put against him is that he's more of a flat track bully. Um, and I, I sort of I put a little bit of a thread together um, on, on Twitter earlier today, just having a look at this. And um, so against the bottom six, he had 20.1 20, 20, um, points per start. Um, and then against the rest, it was roughly about ten points per start. So it's not exactly like he's bad against the rest. Right. He's just he's just bullying everyone else and getting you. You know, if, if you get twenty points from him, that's going a long way to win your game week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who um, cares so who they're against? Exactly. Right. right. This this was Tally. the point I'm making. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 
and it may it actually you know it makes them a more predictable asset in some ways which so you know that you know when you're when you're planning your game week if if he's facing a you know a top 6 team or a decent team you know don't count on him for a crazy big score and you know maybe you're going to punt a little bit more on a high upside player for your uh, for your streamer um but you know there's all there's all these advantages and disadvantages of it but um but yeah i, I just think next season we might we might i think we'll see more starts from him but maybe maybe he regresses a little bit on his his actual points per start output but i don't think he'll be far removed from where he where he was this season um, and if i told you you could get him at the average draft position of 20 you yeah, would yeah. bite my hand off yeah 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 for sure and that's where he's at so that's i mean something is happening a narrative is setting in or something um and i'm more than happy i have in one of my leagues i have a draft pick of three um i don't think he's gonna get back to me because these are some really savvy players but if he did hey absolutely oh God. sign me up yep yeah totally i mean he's got so much upside it's it's you know it's frightening really um but yeah um <laughs> sleep on him <laughs> um at your peril there um <laughs> But yeah, the, the the other guy I've got is um, Bowen. So another one I did a did my uh, West Ham article on. Um, again, I think a lot of people are are sleeping a little bit on him as well. Um, I think is we've got him ranked seventeen, um, and ADP is eighteen. Yeah, so I think by by the time you get into the second round he starts to become viable between 12 and 18 i think if you get him towards 18 you're you're looking at some serious value absolutely um in terms i think a lot of people what they're looking at is he's got 12 goals and 17 assists but actually seven of those were fantasy assists so you know you're you're looking at a drop already um in terms of uh, the luck factor if he doesn't get that again i mean two two of them for for were for winning penalties so mm. um you know those are potentially repeatable but um but yeah he he did he outperformed his um uh his, his xg was pretty much on point to what he what he got but he outperformed his um, expected assists but i think it's like a factor of 1.76 or something which is mm. you know massive so i think you could drop his assist down by like eight or nine comfortably and that would be a, a sort of a, a more average season um so that's where all of the the issues sort of come from with him and and why he's not going as a top 10 asset um and he's going you know more more towards the 18 but again i, I think he he starts as many of the games he did last season he's he's effectively their talisman now and everything runs through him so um so yeah i i think um i i would i would happily take him at the start of the second round um but I, you know, I, I don't know what the the rest of you boys think about um, Bowen and the risks there or not. I uh, I had him in my overvalued uh, article, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, I I tend to think that um, yeah, he kind of reached his his zenith last season, um, and I haven't seen him consistently perform yet. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he he came in um, in that I think that January window and was was great. Then that. Uh, the season before last he was miserable which is why he you know dropped to round seven and a lot of drafts last season and was such a revelation this season so i just think he'll regress a little bit i mean because of all those factors that you mentioned i think he'll still be a good player i just don't think he'll be an early second round um yeah worthy candidate 
Yeah, I think his ghosts aren't really great. I think he's about seven and a half. Um, really, really 90, weird. So. You'd think they would be better <laughs> given the fact that he's on sets and everything. That's no, he scores, yeah, he scores a lot. Yeah, it's seven yeah. and a half uh, yeah. ghost points per start. Yeah, and one of the other interesting things that I looked at was actually the difference between his points per start in the first half and the second half of the season. Because mm. I know some of you guys were sort of quite low on him getting towards the end, and I think it was more, you know, the risk of him not starting and things like that. But So the first half of the season, he had 12.6 points per start, and then the second half was actually 14. Um, so it actually went up, and that, that was even with, you know, the, the, the run to the semi-finals of the Europa League. Um, so he had, a, you know, a few less starts, but, but actually... When I was looking at it, he he basically had it was just higher highs and lower lows, if you know what I mean, in the um, in the mm. second half of the season. So um, you know, if you want someone who's got that upside to to get you um, to get you a win, then he was your man. Um, but um, I just think there's it, considering the amount of games he'll start, there's a lot he he's a lot less risky than some of the other guys that are around that. You know, you've got like Darwin Nunez and um, well you. And people like that, and I, I just, yeah, I, I'm to, I'm totally taking Bowen over him. Um, yeah. I would too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and even when you're getting to, you know, we're just discussing Foden and Grealish, and again, like, how many starts do they get? You know, like a lot of what drafting is about is not getting the draft wrong, and and I don't think you go wrong with Bowen. Whereas you know, Foden or Grealish could frustrate the hell out of you, like you know, like you had last season, right? Yeah. I can certainly <laughs> attest to that. Yeah. So, so you'd rather Bowen than the two city guys? Yeah. Whoa. Do you do you think Bowen is more or less reliant on goals, assists, clean sheets than Mason Mount? You mean do do we feel For like that or is this <laughs> no, a I'm test? Just, what, what's, it's you, a test. This seems like a, a trick. This is a test. <laughs> I would think that he's more goal dependent than, than Mount, but it's the way you're framing the question. It sounds like no. How dare you try to look into the, the what I'm doing and my motives. Um, it's, it's not what you said. It's how you said it. <laughs> I, I think it would be pretty similar. 48% for Bowen and 44% for, or sorry, 45% for Mount. Yeah. So honestly, that goes to show that I guess I really he's not. I mean, he's not any more goal dependent than a lot of other players, unless you're getting into the likes of people like Christian Eriksen, um, who's on like every set piece, and you know guys like yeah. uh, Kevin De Bruyne, who's at 39. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think both both outperformed their XG plus XA. Yeah, quite quite a bit last last year. So um, yeah, there, there's certainly risk factors there, but I just don't see anyone else that I want that I know will start that many games. Yeah, um, basically. No, well said. All right, let's dive into the mid tier players, those uh, mid round players that we sometimes have trouble figuring out what their exact value is and when's too soon and when's too late to take them. So. We're talking players from consensus rank 29, um, which is Martin Odegaard, and right after him is Erickson and Sancho. This was in version one of our rankings that dropped on the 14th of July. Um, and that's all the way down to 65, which uh, is Damari Gray, and right before him is Gross and Buendia. So there's quite a swath of players here again, but um, we're not going to go through them all because you know listeners can check out our rankings on thedraftsociety.com. But certainly this is um, a, a crop of players that we sometimes have trouble figuring out exactly when to take, who, and where. So let's jump into these guys. Um, Ryan, any mid-tier players you want to kind of give a shout-out to? 
Yeah, um, I came into the summer uh, thinking that I was going to um, label Coutinho overvalued. Um, I just thought that because of his early start coming into the January window, that people would take that and extrapolate it and, and put him into the, the second round potentially. But that really hasn't happened. And so I've seen him drift a little bit into kind of early fourth round territory yeah. um, in some mocks, in which case I think he's he's great value. He's he's nailed on. Um, Stevie G certainly relies on him. Um, had my concerns about his, his fitness, but he actually stayed fairly healthy um, that half of the season. We'll see if he can uh, put together a, a full campaign, but we'll have a full preseason with um, with Stevie G and the and the Villa lads, and I, I just think they'll they'll get better. And so, if he drops to me in the fourth, I'm I'm certainly taking it. So um, he's somebody I think that people are randomly sleeping on. And again, this was a narrative I didn't think um, I would be relaying, but that seems to be where we are. Um, Thirty-seven point seven ADP. Yeah. So yeah, he'll, he'll probably get taken just around. Barely. Yeah late third in almost every draft but yeah if he drifts a little bit then certainly pull the trigger snap um other player that intrigues me is is pascal gross and i i took him i think round five last season um and he was maddening and i ended up trading him out yeah but he slipped quite a bit um in the mocks i've seen down to like seventh uh ish round um and it's it's I mean you you wrote the Brighton article you might um, have better insights on this than, than me but um, he starts to get decent value around there given given his upside I mean he's not going to be your nailed on guy that's set and forget um, so you'll have to to pull your hair out a few uh, weeks this season when you have gross but with the set pieces um, and the upside he's he can be great value around seven it's just depends on roster construction and um how much you can you can tolerate in terms of uh rotation but he's he's somebody that intrigues me around that that territory yeah adp of basically the eighth round 95.3 yeah and mids mids become very scarce around around that time so yeah he's he's i think he's good value there yeah you're looking at him you're looking at um what harry wilson you're looking at guys like um I mean, yeah, like you said, mids. It's it's a lot of defenders in that area. Uh, mm. Oh, Ruben Neves is one before him. Ugh. So there you go. <laughs> Signed a new contract too, so like it's obviously um, Potter is a is a fan. I don't know how, given how much he rotated him, but uh, he yeah, somehow values him. He's behind He's a fan, fan for fifteen games. Behind two check, yeah, like behind like we all are. He's behind Connor Gallagher. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, I think he pissed a lot of people off like me last season. <laughs> and now it's time to cash in. All right, I like that. Uh, Robbie, how about your mid-tier guys? Yeah, so I thought I'd highlight again the um, the guys I uh, spoke about in the um, end-of-season pod that we did. Um, and that's uh, the the Palace boys, uh, Elise and, and Eze. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they've... In terms of our ranks, they're they're in at forty six and fifty nine respectively. So Elise looking that bit more um, a bit more attractive to everyone in terms of, um, but actually Eze at fifty nine starts to really, I think, really become attractive. You know now 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 that um, Gallagher's left, 
they sort of see that attacking central role um, for Eze and um, and in terms of their output they both um, got about 9.5 points per start last mm-hmm. season um, so and and that's what Eze got the season before um, when he before he got injured so um, I think what's swaying people over Elise is um, the fact that he was on set pieces um, so you know, you, you could have a, a better floor in that sense, but but yeah, no, I I see them both as you know in, in that Palace team that's only you know only improving at the moment and um and project their start. I mean, I don't think they're going to have a crazy number of starts. I don't probably not over thirty, but maybe like you know anywhere from twenty six to twenty eight, something like that. Um and yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely looking at, at them in that sort of fifth to sixth round, if you will. Yeah, Olise at sixty-five right now. Yeah, yeah. That's, so even that, I mean, that, lower than we have him by by a good margin. Yeah, I'd like him there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eze uh, is my god, uh, ninety-two point seven, uh, just just yeah. a couple above the aforementioned Pascal Gross. Yeah, I mean, if you get him there, you're laughing. Then you? <laughs> I, I would say that the the few serious mocks that I've uh, participated in, they've gone really early, um, mm-hmm. probably too early for my liking. Like, oh, really? Elise, like early fifth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I can. As a like the... early sixth, and mm-hmm. I think, I think Olize is in danger of becoming overvalued if that trend continues. I think. Okay. Yep. No, so if you're those. talking about, sorry to cut you off, Robbie. If you're talking about um, taking Oli say over guys like Tielemon, McGinn, Calvert Lewin, Cash, that's too much for you. I think I'd take him over Tielemon. Well, Tielemon is at uh, what fifty three. I'm more than happy for people to take him there. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean. It seems he's he's still a value with his ADP where he's at. But yeah, like you said, in in leagues with some know-how, leagues with uh, some some tactical knowledge of this game, he might uh, he might become a reach. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Any other thoughts on those guys? Cool, Toddy, hit us with your mid-round mid-tier players. I have Tillemont. Uh, we, have, <laughs> we have just talked about and I am lowest on him out of oh, yeah, our, our bunch and it is, main, it is mainly because of this I think his value came from him having some sets uh, in most of his value and once he lost those uh, mid-November he just fell off the face of the earth Um and I do think that um, that once he has decided, and it is the fact that he has decided not to sign a new contract, he's probably leaving Leicester. And and I I have no idea, Ryan. You might be able to uh, help me with this, where that Arsenal interest is at the moment. But I haven't seen any other EPL team linked, so I there is a chance. I think that he moves abroad, um, although I haven't seen anything of to that effect. But I think uh, Leicester will, will do a lot to, to get him off the books. Um, that's why I think he's a very risky player to draft. Mm. I would say that everything I've read um, 
is basically geared towards uh, Arsenal waiting a little bit uh, longer in the window to um, to have more leverage over Leicester, given that, as you said, he hasn't re-signed a contract. So the later they wait, um, the better the price is going to be because Leicester really have to, to get him off the books if they want to get anything yeah. for him. Um, the and- one thing I would say is that the prospect um, or the temptation to just get him for free next season means there is still a chance that he he stays at Leicester and just runs his contract down. And would you so if if he signs for Arsenal, which is currently the only possibility worth exploring, would you have him uh, move up or down your rankings? If it was versus him staying at Leicester and, and coming to Arsenal, I think. I think he'd move down because I just yeah. I don't know if he'd be nailed on. Um, yeah. it, that, it would depend on yeah Arteta moving to a four three three and then him being the left sided six, um, and that's kind of a bigger bet. It could happen, but it's not as guaranteed as as him starting at Leicester. I would say exactly, and I think, yeah, either way, the risk is is way too high. Like there, the best best scenario is where his ADP is. And I don't think yeah. that is very likely. At out of all the scenarios, all the possible scenarios, I don't totally. think the scenario that has him represent value at that ADP is very likely. Hmm, that's a great point. I have him way too high. I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's I think out of pure laziness. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, you're you're ironically second highest on him. <laughs> so yeah, I'll remedy that. Yeah, Toddy, you've you've absolutely uh, skewered him at sixty-five in your new in your new rankings. Yeah. Okay, and my other guy is Emmy Buendia, and it's less less about the rankings and more about he is one guy I am watching preseason for, hmm. and it's not because of form, it's not because of goals, it's not because of highlight reels, it's for one specific reason is he being forced or tried in a lineup with Phil Coutinho yep yep if he is then I'm I'm sneakily trying to get him in round five six ish if he isn't and and as we close in on the start of the season he is still being played uh, in 11s or in like in situations ha- uh, half matches or whatever that do not have Coutinho in there I'm dropping him like a fly okay interesting man uh, I've agonized over what to do with Wendy all, all summer because he's tantalizing in round five with that upside, oh, but and I he's completely, completely agree worthless with you. if he doesn't play. And there's yeah. a really good rationale that he doesn't. And I totally agree with everything that's been said, but but when you look at the players who are going around there in ADP, and I'm not saying you should always stick to ADP. God, don't please don't do that. Make rankings. Um, go to Overthinking Football and make your own rankings. But um, Connor Gallagher's right there. Emil Smith Rowe, Saeed Bin Rama, like these are all players who are just after Buendia. Like barely after Buendia. Yeah, I don't want any of those guys, but there right. are others around that area that I would take over over Buendia. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's it's risk. It's all risk. Oh man, that's a tough one. 
I think he's too similar to Coutinho to be able to play them both. Okay, and Buendia. I don't know why they I don't know why they bought them both to be honest. I think like yeah. it's it's too much. All right, Ryan Buendia or uh, Pascal Gross. Buendia, but only because he's facing the same issues that Gross is in terms of in terms of rotation. Okay. All right, that's interesting. That's a, that's a close one. I feel like that's that's a closer one, but um, it's a similar one, yeah. Yeah. Anybody taking Buendia over Tillemont? I th- I think I would just because I wouldn't take Tillemont. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what round it would have to be for me to be like, you know what? Yeah, it's time to take take Yuri. Same here. Same here. Like I have him on value. I have him ranked sixty fifth or whatever, but I still would probably much not much rather, but um, rather punt on on Buendia or even someone like um, Ilkay Gundogan. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on to the late rounds. These are your sleepers, your hidden gems, uh, your guys that often slip through the cracks. Some of them might not even get drafted in at all. Um, so these are the ones that get a little bit tricky, and especially knowing when to take them. So we'll give you a little inside look into the ones that we think maybe are being overdrafted or the ones that we're concerned about or the ones that we really like. So this list begins with uh, Tiago at 68, uh, followed by Joe Linton and Suchek. And then it goes all the way down to 150. This is a long list. Uh, check out our rankings for more detailed uh, information there. But goes all the way down to 150 with Moises Caicedo, uh, Ruben Neves right right before him, and Fred right before him. My God, that's the state of things, really. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay. Robbie, let's kick to you first for this one. Um, who, who are you interested in or who do you want to just even mention here uh, for your late rounders? Yeah, the one I'm going to mention one that I think I need to highlight because he's probably a bit too high actually is um, is Ben Rama. Um, West Ham are looking at getting in. Um, obviously, Broya looks a bit more certain than Lingard at the moment. But yeah, they're looking to get in one, if not two, attackers, and and I think Ben Rama's first on the chopping block um, in terms of um, who's going to sort of lose out in that battle. Um, yeah, Moyes He's, never never liked him, never really wanted him, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, here we've got him ranked eighty-two, but um, I, I don't. Again, sorry, Joe. I don't know what his ADP is. Yeah, but have you have you looked at him in his, in our new rankings? I'm wondering. I, I haven't yet, but I'm just curious because I I know I dropped I for one dropped him like a stone in uh, yeah. our new rankings. He is at um, let's see, ninety. He's at ninety now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I dropped him about 10, 20 places, I think, at least. But Oh, sorry, I take um, it back. His average is 98.3. Yeah, yeah, that feels a bit more right. Um, but Because, I mean, obviously, he, you know, he did produce some good numbers. There's 10.3 points per start. Um, but I don't think Moyes has ever really sold on him, to be honest. Um, and I think, you know, he's it, it feels like he's much prefer, preferred um, for now's um, in terms of the work rate that he can provide and things like that. And I think if, if Broya comes in, you know, you know, we've been discussing this, but I don't think he'll maybe start straight away. But there's a potential for him to start as the striker with Antonio moving to the left wing, and I think if that happens, then Fornals moves inside. Um, but yeah, so I, I just I can't project his starts too high. Um, so I think he's sort of one that you need to be be wary about because I think there's just a lot of risks there. 
Um, yeah. The ADP. Sorry, real quick. ADP of uh, 82, basically. Yeah, it just feels a bit too high. There's mm-hmm. a lot of other people, a lot of other players I'd take around that point. Um, the other one I highlighted was Conor Gallagher. Now, yeah. I I sort of feel like we our, our ranks are, are a little bit more where I, I'd like to take him. It's 118, but I think his ADP is really high, like 60 in the 60s or something. It's 82.6. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, even then, uh, yeah. I think... The, I mean, the reason I highlight him is he sort of, in terms of his profile, he, he doesn't really fit in with the way Chelsea play in the with the with the back five anyway. He doesn't really fit in with the two because he doesn't. He's not a progressive passer um, in that sense. I mean, you saw what he did at um, at Palace was basically he was that sort of advanced disruptor and he'd try and win the ball high up the pitch and you know and and then break an attack from that. Um, so he'd have to really change the way he's he's played in ever in the past to do that, <laughs> and I don't think he yeah, and I don't think he fits in that front three, especially now that Sterling's come in with, no. with Mount. So I think where you're valuing him, hit, valuing him is his potential to move to another club and have a similar role as he did at Palace. Um, obviously, the, his second half of the season form, you've got to be really wary of. Dreadful. But, um, yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, around about, you know, picks sort of 100, 110, something like that, you're you're starting to think, okay, well, you know, he's, he's worth a punt by that point. I can't see myself drafting him this mm. year. Oh, no, what mean, about you guys? He's, yeah, he's D&D for me. I haven't even seen him linked really to, to any club. Mm. So my guess is that he just wastes away at Chelsea like so many others before him. Yeah. RIP Ross Barkley. <laughs> yeah, he's. Aww. I think we have kind of a consensus on him. Like Ryan, yourself, and uh, Draft Lad have him at around two hundred. And meaning you didn't re- you didn't rank him. You didn't rank him. The rest yeah. of us have him between a hundred and um, hundred and thirty. Joe has him at a hundred, and I have a. Uh, I have him at hundred and thirty, and then there is Genie. Who has him at <laughs> sixty-seven? Genie's the worst. Keeping him afloat. Genie's <laughs> the worst. No, I love Genie. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I and I think we're all just coming to terms with the fact that like, where is he gonna play? And like mm-hmm. you said, Robbie, and I know um, Drafter Thoughts brought this up today in a lot of our group chats. We were talking about uh, Gallagher. It's just like, look at his form last season really like what are we what are we really going on here he was miserable yep yep cool (laughs) i like yep all right toddy back to you let's talk through some of your uh your late rounders okay i have three three late rounders who i think uh by the looks of the adp (laughs) differences and by, by the looks of the uh the um, differences in our own rankings I will end up um, having on my roster in most of my leagues Um, (laughs) one is uh, my number one love for um, for all eternity is uh, (laughs) Kieran Kieran Dewsbury Hall um, who I think is the the future of the Leicester midfield and the present of the Leicester midfield and heir apparent to um the the Tielemann who was a good fantasy player, um, 
not not the not the one that we are drafting yet. Anakin not, Skywalker. No, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not not the one that we are not drafting at sixty five, although we are ranking at sixty five. Um, so that he's he's my my um, one late round punt. He's definitely someone you wanna pick up to solidify your midfield. Um, he he will start most games. He will get some sets, but but he his floor will be quite low. He'll 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 be one of those guys that 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 you can trot out if you have a if you have a roster with a lot of lottery tickets. Um, the second guy is um, Stu 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 Armstrong, mm. who I think um, is is mm. being mistreated as an as an injury. <laughs> Injury risk, which he prior to um, last season has not been, um, and I and and I do think that he's he is not not um, there's not much debate about him being the second most talented uh, player on on that Saints roster behind uh, behind JWP. So I think he'll have a uh, Didn't you previously uh, tell us that was Che Adams? Yeah, it, I'm pretty Chase, sure you did. This is fake news. No, I think Che Adams. Previously, I, I was in like 15 minutes before. This I did time. say Che Adams will will be the second highest scorer. Oh, I'm I saying see, I I, I'm saying Stu Armstrong is the second most talented talent. player. So yeah. talent doesn't always then translate into fantasy points, is what you're saying? Exactly. Oh, that okay. That's my point too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um yep that's uh that's my second shout um and my third and most obscure shout is the computer himself no 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 no, no, no rebooting no. the computer no <laughs> it is enoch Mbappu. um i think he will be uh nailed and or, as nailed on as one can be in the brighton uh, midfield or Brighton uh, lineup, but I think he will be um, in Brighton's best eleven for the season, and I think he will start enough games to be relevant. Um, and he has he has amazing skill set. He is he has shown in the limited availability or limited amount of starts that he got that he can. He can um, get into the box. He can he can score the goals. He can he can get in on the attacking returns. I'm really excited about him. All right. Can I any any uh, of those guys that you guys want to go ahead? Um, I'd I'd like <laughs> guess <laughs> guess guess what his points per start is. Mwapu? three point five. Eleven point eight. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Of twelve starts, that is, is life in this old dog yet. Yeah, I mean, it, it surprised me when I saw it. <laughs> you're not, you're not drafting somebody that starts twelve games. You're just not. He's, he's not starting twelve games. He's starting. <laughs> I, I, I worry, I worry for Ryan, because if I say a, a number high enough, he will on the pot. <laughs> I'll break um, out the wallet right now. Yeah, you will break out the wallet right now. And just for listeners to know, um, we have a we have a, a document 
that that details all, all are running bets um, <laughs> within take a screenshot one of these days and post with, it on, on yeah, within the draft society um, and unsurprisingly to our um, listeners who have been with us for a long time Ryan is involved in most of them there was well, a, there was us there two was, or three of four yeah yeah exactly and the other ones with Jeannie found again regarding mount of course yeah so um I'm not I'm not going to go out on limb on projecting uh starts. Well, for, Evan's done that. Um yeah, Evan's Evan's yeah, what does done that. Project. Draft 20, says 23. 23. Mhm. Mm-hmm. 23 starts at a very modest 8.8 points very per modest. start. That gets you around 200 points. So you Let's let's play this out. So you draft him, and <laughs> game week five, he still hasn't started. What are you doing? Burning that that roster spot, or are you dropping him? Oh, I'm 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 dropping him before. <laughs> okay, then what I'm, are we talking about? <laughs> I he's a punt. Like we yeah, are you're talking him round fifteen, sixteen. Like you're getting him at ADP yeah, yeah. one thirty five. Fair enough. Exactly, and. Um, one sec. I will give you uh, Brighton's first six fixtures. United, Newcastle, West Ham, Leeds, Fulham, Leicester. Mm-hmm. That uh, is, first three are tricky, but yeah, I like that the Leeds, is Fulham. The, that is the third most favorable um, fixture set for midfielders in that six-game span. All right, you're drafting today. It is the, I can't do the math, but let's say it's the 12th round, um, 10th round, whatever. Moepu's on the board. You can have him or Johnny. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Moepu all day. I think at that point I probably would too. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can have him or Thomas Partey. Oh, God, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Partey. What about Sessegnon? Depends if I needed a, a defensive punt. A player. But, yeah. <laughs> Jacob Ramsey? Ooh. Okay, so this is the level. That's. I mean, it's yeah. fine. It, it, it's it's not bad for a punt, Toddy. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Get like the it. computer soaring. <laughs> Get I just the computer think, soaring. I just not think. I know he's just going to be on your wire. Reboot. Game week. The computer. Game week four. <laughs> All right, Ryan. <laughs> Can I quickly um, retort? Um, I'm curious about KDH because I too like him as an as a player uh, in real life. He passes the eye test, looks lively, blah 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 on sets. Why doesn't he score more? He had enough starts last season to show you what she can do. He had a couple games with goals that were that were good. Fair enough, but like. I, I didn't see much over like a six point mm. average other will, than those games where he scored. I'm, so like, I'm glad I you asked. Get the appeal, <laughs> but like I also don't. Here I'm, we go. I'm glad you asked. Um, with, with lesser injuries and especially with NDD sitting out essentially what was the second half of the season all Leicester midfield assets who had anything to do with 
um, stuff that you do on your own half of the field. So not Madison or Barnes or whoever needed to take a much bigger role in defending. With Ndidi there, um, he will have a chance to um, roam forward. Um, there is an interesting aspect to Leicester assets, and um, I, I go into this in some detail in my in my two Leicester articles. Um, a lot of value comes from from what formation they use, and it all. Um, What's your ideal one for for KDH? For KDH, I I would say the ideal one is um, the five three two with wing backs. So whatever you want to call it, three five two five three two whatever. Yeah, yeah. So the the one with wing backs because that there the wing backs will provide the width. And he will have, um, he will have Madison uh, as the furthest forward player in that in that um, three, and then he can he can step into the left half space um, with James Justin providing the width there, and he he can he can step into that um, area in front of the um, penalty box and either play in um, the two for one of the two forwards or um, or just whip whip uh, Thierry Henry-esque curl shot. All right, Toddy. Uh, <laughs> points per start over under 8.5. Will you take the over? I'll take the under. Loser buys the bar tab. I'm 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 probably not taking the over on that. Oh, why are you <laughs> drafting him then? No way. No way. Not drafting him at where he's at. Absolutely not. Why? He's one ahead of Stuart Armstrong. Four. He's got seven points per start. Yeah. I could stream better. Oh, four four? Four uh draft ADP. ADP. Oh, I'm not drafting him at ADP. Okay. I've seen him go in the eighth round. I think in every, every decent draft I've seen. So it sounds to me like Toddy, like where you're comfortable taking him, you're not going to get in there anyway, and let some other sucker take those seven point six points per start. Possibly. But the Terry Henry whipped in balls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> FOMO. <laughs> All right. Well, that was about to be my first bet, but that's that's fine. It's oh okay. man, yeah, we got to get Joe in there. Oh come on, Toddy. At we'll least get to get there. Joe some skin <laughs> if, in the game. If you if you give me eight, eight. Ooh. No, no way. Eight point zero. Eight point zero. I'll take the bet for eight point zero. Eight point three. Okay. I'll I'll take I'll take that bet. Yes. All right. I'm putting it in. Yes. I'll take what, it. Are the, what are the stakes? I love it. It's a uh, bar tab. Okay. At, uh, I'm not taking the bar tab in Iceland. No well, way. No way I'm taking the bar tab. We've been tab told in we won't have a bar tab in Iceland. So that's that's, that's fine. That's fair. That's fair. Our friends in Iceland have, have told us we're going to be well looked out for, um, which we love them. All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Ryan, you were going to tell us about your late round uh, flyers, your sleepers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad I didn't because uh, 
you know, oh, just God. came from all of that. <laughs> These um, were going to be short episodes. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so my two are um, a bit a bit on the nose. Um, so the top of the list of the the area of the draft you you mentioned is Tiago. The reason I mention him is because um, we all know his injury issues and, and all that, blah, blah, blah. He starts to get attractive um, after round five, which is where you start to see the kind of dip off in mids mm-hmm. where you're thinking about the upside of Point Dia and the allure of seven points per start from KDH. Tiago's upside is a lot higher. Um I've seen him preseason. He looks like he's actually uh, spent it in the in the gym. He's looking pretty fit. I am under no illusion that he's going to start 35 games. But even if he starts the first three or four and he balls out, you get all those points. Plus, I think you can trade him on a high. So he's one of those high upside guys that um, you take because of that and just the off chance that he actually does stay fit. I think he's got more upside than anybody else in this in this category so i'll throw him out there okay and then the other one is uh fantasy royalty sir joseph of linton sure uh joe linton (laughs) i think he's i think he's nailed on i've seen people talk about um concerns about his playing time i i don't see it i think uh eddie howe transformed him into this midfield beast and i think he'd be um silly to to turn back on this on this project um and i just think he's a solid kind of set and forget mid three mid four that'll that'll like to get you eight to to ten um every week with the upside of some some of those games where he bags a goal or two um so i think he becomes um you know pretty attractive around after around like eight ish so those are my two okay never going to argue with joe linton although you got to temper expectations you're looking at like yeah. 10 you're hoping for 10 yeah and if it's a goal you mean you tear your shirt off run around the house yeah and we did a few times last yeah we great. absolutely absolutely did unashamedly uh <laughs> here, robbie anything to add on those no good to go yeah not really just okay tiago is obviously <laughs> not really started more than 20 games for a long, long, long time. So um, yeah. I did all of that precursor. Yeah. A long, yeah. long, long time. So um, yeah. But, interestingly, I mean, he, sorry, go ahead, Joe. Interestingly, on Tiago, you know, he's got an ADP of of seventy five point eight, and in our rankings that will be unveiled um, shortly, version two rankings, he we have him at sixty five point six average, but that is also taking into account Genie's ranking of forty nine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah no I, I i think you know leaving the that injury issue aside i think Klopp has seemed to have got him f- like a lot fitter the in the second half of the season yeah. so yeah. thank you yeah i think you know you can <laughs> yeah so um you know you never know he might he might do a matip and uh, stay fit all season and that early schedule, like I said, if he starts the yeah. first couple and balls out, you can trade him on a pretty damn high. That's a great point, actually, because you don't have. No one says you have to keep him all season. Mm-hmm. And if you think he's going to perform right away, 
then just, yeah, pull the trigger, trade him out for someone who uh, you think has has better rest of season value. I love that. Yeah. And I think we, we discussed it before, the, the first five game weeks, there's no Europe or anything. So it's normally just, you know, one game a week. And, you know, for Thiago, he should be able to handle it. Yeah. Should be. <laughs> Big <laughs> should, should be. All right. Let's wrap her up, boys. We're going to end it with one player that you believe is overvalued, overhyped, or even do not draft territory for you um, in this midfield. Just any of the midfielders at this point, we're opening it up. So any of them that you are shying away from, um, aside from, I mean, we've already talked about Tielemon at uh, ad nauseum, but um, any other ones aside from that? Toddy, we'll start with you. I will go with um, with one one rank I agree with. Uh, Genion is Mason Mount. Although even, oh. even, even since um, we have started planning for this pod, he has come down a bit um, in his ranking. He was at 13 when I looked uh, as a, uh, when I was planning for the pod. So obviously end of round two I, I'm okay to, to look at him but but at, at his current valuation I'm, I'm not drafting him. Um, others um, essentially all of the fully defensive midfielders. So Bentancourt Bissouma, Fred, Neves, uh, Conte. Um, You're not else? including Rodri in that, right? I'm. I I see his value, but I'm not actively looking for him in drafts. Okay. So sure. I'm. I, he's not do not draft, but I think for. Uh, and I do not know his ADP, but I. I would suspect it's much higher than where I would draft him. Okay, fair enough. His ADP is seventy-six point eight. So yeah, that's that's higher than where I would have him. One the higher only, than Wendia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not touching him there. Okay, Ryan, how about your overvalued, overhyped players or player? Um, preview of the the do not draft uh, article that we'll be dropping i want to say next week maybe yep can yep. be honest i think so um emile smith row i just i love the guy um but he talk about overperforming his xg uh, i think he got 10 goals last season yeah. um I, I can't see him topping that. Plus, he can't stay fit, and Martinelli is above him. And if they get another winger, um, then he's third choice at, at left wing. Um, the only chance I kind of would give him to to see some meaningful minutes uh, in the prim this season would be if they do shift uh, to a four three three, and then he becomes um, more of that central midfield role, which mm-hmm. I think suits him better than, than a winger, to be honest. He's not a, he's not a proper winger. Um, and so, yeah, I wish him the best, but I just don't <laughs> see him as a, as a viable fantasy asset. Um, particularly what in round seven, eight ish where he's, yeah. where he's going. And that's, and that seems pretty damning given that it's, it's fairly late, but even at that stage, I, there's so many other players that I'd much rather have. So, don't even like him as a Martinelli handcuff. I just don't think you can get him late enough to for it to be worth it. To yeah. be to be honest, um, yeah. Are you really going to spend a seventh or eighth round pick on a on a handcuff? 
Can, so can many ask, good defenders there. Can I ask uh, Ryan about a pot- potential not Duna draft, but Duna draft where he's going? Um, what do you think about Martinelli and his his ADP? Um, I think it's way too high. Um, I put him kind of mid fifth, uh, early sixth before oh. the summer started. Um, it's it's not because I don't love the player. I think he's fantastic, but I, I'm worried about another high profile winger coming in um, and supplanting him at uh, at left wing. And I've seen him go early fourth round, and I just think that's that's kind of madness. Um, I'd be fine taking him late fourth, early early fifth, based on the the upside. But um, he's he's one that I I, I worry about. That's where I mean. That's that was mainly my question because that's where we have him. Like our consensus rank is Genie thirty five, Joe thirty one, myself forty forty three, Ryan forty, Robbie thirty seven, Gavin thirty seven, and Draftlet forty five. So that that just that's thirty that has thirty seven written all over it. I'll keep him there until somebody comes in. Yeah, I just I worry that you'd be kicking yourself if you take him in the fourth round and somebody does come in. But um, no, I, I I'm just worried about it. I I think he's a great a great player, a great fantasy asset. And then just that keeps me um, a little concerned and um, not as excited about taking him in, in at that stage of the draft as I as I would be if there was if the window was closed. Yep. Okay. I mean, we got to go with the information we have now, right? Yeah. No, that's that's fair. I just it's such a high draft pick that with that kind of cloud looming, yeah, um, it's just something extra to take into consideration. I also just love him. Oh no, he's fantastic. I have his his jersey, so it pains (laughs) pains me to say it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Robbie, close us out. Sure. Um. I'm also going to include uh, the uh, player I've included in the Do Not Draft article. Um, nice. And this one is uh, uh, Ruben Neves. Um, although maybe not quite so consequential in terms of um, the uh, the draft positions the other boys are talking about. Um, his current ADP is at 93, which I, I think is you know absolutely bonkers, to be honest. Um <laughs> We we put together a um, a, a few mocks um, earlier in the season, and I've seen him go even higher than that. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I I I just have no idea what people are actually looking at, and I mean I, I did a you know a little bit of digging, and if you actually take his um, spell between game week twenty three and twenty nine last season, he had a uh, eleven. Yeah, I know it's quite specific. <laughs> Five um, game period. Yeah, yeah. He had eleven point nine points per start. However, the rest of the time, um, if uh, outside of that, um, he was, I think he was only on about five, yeah, 5.9 points per start. Wow. So, yeah. What, I mean, what you get with him, you, and the, the problem is, he's, you're in this sort of con- quandary with him where he's not really uh, sort of set and forget mid, but he doesn't really have much upside because you're waiting on those crazy goals, you know, that he pulls, those long range goals that he pulls out of nowhere you know a couple of times a year unpredictable 
exactly so but you're not but you're going to want to start him every game to try and catch them so it's sort of this and his you know his ghost and his floor isn't high enough to to warrant you know sticking him in every week so yeah i mean maybe you punt on him a very very late in the draft and you hope he gets a starts on a hot spell hmm. and trade him out on a high but you know I, I i don't see why you would be even considering him and you know in the in the first half of the draft totally agree <laughs> Yeah, could not agree more. Um, any other little tidbits to throw in, guys, before we close her out? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that will wrap it up for this particular episode. Thank you for tuning in to this positional discussion series. We really do appreciate it. Uh, I say it all the time. Community, you're the reason we do this. Uh, you are the reason why we started the site you're it um so we love you thank you so much for supporting us for tuning into the the podcast reading the articles engaging us on twitter um just all the things you're the best so uh if you have any questions as we always say start a dialogue start a conversation add us we will retweet you if you have questions uh, about how your draft went you want us to rate your draft you want the community to rate your draft because we're not the only ones who know things here let's be honest um go ahead and, and tag us we will gladly retweet that if you want to take part in a mock draft get at us we will set you up with somebody who can uh probably chris let's be honest it's it's always chris who's doing mock drafts anyway um we'll set you up with somebody who can help you with mock drafts um if you have trade advice if you need uh player valuation assistance or you just have a player you don't quite understand why we're ranking a certain way or why the community feels a certain way about a certain player let us know let's have a conversation about it let's get it out there because I love to have my mind changed too. Uh, there can be sometimes groupthink that goes on in, in certain aspects of the draft community. So let's make sure we're not, you know, challenging each other in uh, a mean-spirited way, but challenging each other in a way that that really just makes it so that we're all fleshing out our opinions to, to the the greatest degree, to where we actually have um, data or we actually have valid predictions to back up the things that we're saying. So we're all going into the drafts as best we can. And then those lonely suckers that are not on Twitter joining this community that is so supportive and wonderful, they obviously are going to be the ones who lose out and just get absolutely dominated in their drafts. <laughs> so anyway, hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. Otherwise, again, thank you for listening. Head over to thedraftsociety.com. You'll see the draft kit there and everything we've got to offer. Again, thank you for your support. Community, again, we love you. Cheers. Cheers.